Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a returning guest on the program, somebody I know many of you have enjoyed listening to, have found lots of excellent information with his discussions here and all the things he does. And I'm so honored to have him on the program. I, of course, are talking about Reverend James Harden, who has a Master of Divinity and is the CEO of Compassion Care Pregnancy Center. Of course, Jim, it's so nice to have you with us. We're going to be talking a little bit about your book, The Ethical Theory and Pertinent Standards in Women's Reproductive Health. But before we get there, let me just say, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's an honor, Molly. Yeah, you know, as I said at the beginning that, you know, people really, really love what you do and all the things you're doing. So it's it's an honor to have you with us. Let me just ask you a couple of, first of all, you say legislation or policy placing an expectation upon the clinician to violate her conscience undermines integrity and ethical clinicians-patient relationships. That's one of the things you have at the beginning of your book. We are facing this in such an incredible way right now, Jim. I mean, I think when we look at all the things we're doing that is, that is happening around America with the FBI, you know, hitting on people and, and, you know, uh, raiding pregnancy centers and the, the vandalism that's going on. Wow. Wow. What do you think's happened? Well, you know, there, there's so much going on. Uh, I don't know if you can put your finger on one thing in particular other than we have stepped away from God. Yeah. And what I mean there is, you know, we no longer have a common understanding or a common, you know, starting point of of a definition of what is good and what is right. We no longer have a common vision of a civilized order and what that should look like. Therefore, I don't know as a, as a, an average American, how to behave, not just in terms of my relationship with my fellow man, but also my relationship with government, my relationship with my profession. Uh, there is no standard mm-hmm. <clears throat> understanding of what it means to be human. And so when, when we, what that means is we're stepping away from the rule of law. And now you've got 350 million different versions of, 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 of purpose and right and wrong. And, and that, that's it, incumbent upon the government to step in and arbitrate between differing versions of rights, differing versions of liberty, differing versions, et cetera, of, of, of standards of care, say, in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I was talking to one of my mentors. Uh, uh, his, his name is Edmund Pellegrino. Dr. Edmund Pellegrino died in 2013, and, and he uh, at Georgetown University. He's a physician, uh, often referred to as the father of modern medical ethics. And I said, Dr. He said, what, what, what can I do for you? And I said, I, I would like you to review this material. And he said, well, sure, I'd be happy to. What do you, what, what's your premise? And I said, my premise is that medicine has lost her soul. And he looked at me across the table over his glasses, a very gracious man. And, and he studied me for a few seconds and he said, I agree. Wow. I agree. What does that mean? It means that medicine no longer understands her purpose to heal, to maintain the health of the patient. No longer understands that when you're seeing a pregnant woman, you're seeing two patients, not just one. That's right. And uh, and so there you have it. I, I think that 
we need to, uh, the medical field um, now is being arbitrated, if you will, co-opted by a government um, <clears throat> that, that, that is attempting to set medical standards of care based on a government's view of, of how a population ought to be managed like a, like, like, uh, like a herd of cattle. Instead of instead of a bunch of human beings that are made in the image of God, um, that has major ramifications on how the medical field and government views and treats a human person, and it, and it degrades human dignity. Well, human dignity doesn't come from the government, just like our rights don't come from the government. Human dignity is derived from the fact that we're made in God's image and therefore ought to be treated as such by medical professionals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, you, it, you know, you, 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 you take all of that that you've just said then and you put it into this book. Um, and, and you talk, you walk us through the different parts and pieces of how, you know, the things that we are facing and, and discuss those things. I mean, one of the things is you cite a study which shows that 84% of American women who have had abortions do not believe that they've had adequate counseling beforehand. Yes. That is horrible. It is. Most women, <clears throat> what that means is most women before they, you know, w- w- when they have an abortion, have an abortion. <clears throat> Um, under circumstances where there is no informed consent, no informed consent. And, you know, the, the whole concept, the whole kind of drumbeat of the pro-abortion movement for the last 40 years has been choice, choice, choice. And they're referring to this, this medical concept that we call autonomy. Patient autonomy has been manipulated to, to, to mean something other than what it used to mean. Patient autonomy used to mean I'm a human being. I have control over my own body, which means I need to have full understanding before I make any any decisions about a treatment option or course of treatment. And what the abortion industry has done is is manipulated and destroyed the definition of autonomy to mean purely choice. You just simply what that means is the doctor uh, has to deliver to the patient whatever the patient wants and has no obligation whatsoever to educate that patient. Uh, about the, the, her current situation or about the risks and side effects associated with the choice of abortion, as it were. Uh, so it's, it's, it's deadly, not just obviously to the child. Oh my gosh. But to the woman's ability to make a truly informed decision. Coercion is what dr- generally drives a decision for a woman to get an abortion. What, what are my parents going to say? What are my boyfriend going to do? What about childcare? What about healthcare? It all hits her like a wave and she's in fight or flight mode. And it's, and, <clears throat> It's incumbent upon the physician to to insulate a, a patient from making a decision under duress or coercion. It's it's considered unethical. So by definition, almost by definition, an unplanned pregnancy represents an ethical dilemma for any physician, especially if the woman's considering abortion. So, um, you know, wow. yeah, 84% wish they would have been given more information. Over 80% or more, a new recent study came out, said that women felt they were coerced. That they would not normally make this decision, uh, but under normal, normal circumstances, they felt coerced into having an abortion. You, for whatever reason. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I remember seeing that it's very recent. There's a very recent study that's come out about that. It's like oh, well over 70%. Not just that, um, you know, that they weren't given enough information, but they are actually being coerced into it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. And, you know, this, this is something we, this is an epidemic of, of, of conscience. Of, 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 there's been a, a, like I said, a loss of soul, if you will. Yeah. It, yep. We, we, the medical profession, needs to protect 
I mean, the, the, the doctor is basically the knot at the end of the rope. If the doctor doesn't look out for this patient, who else will? And now you're, you've got governments coming along and inserting themselves and saying, oh, no, you are not you cannot tell women uh, that, that, that there's a 44 percent increased risk of breast cancer uh, if she has an abortion. You cannot tell women you, you, that there's a 52 percent increased risk of, of future preterm deliveries if you have an abortion. You cannot tell women, well, you've got to you've got to carry the state sanctioned water uh, of, of, of the abortion industry. They're protecting, promoting, uh, and, and paying for abortions out of these out of these progressive states like New York and California and Illinois and the federal government with the Biden administration. They they want to make abortion a fundamental human right and and come between ethical medical care and a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. And they're willing to sacrifice women's health on the altar of of this of abortion of killing abortion. children. Yeah, uh, you know, it, uh, it's just it is. And it, I mean, it's been happening for the past 50 years, probably longer than that, 60 years. But now it has just, it's like full speed ahead. It's been, it's unbelievable to watch it, um, you know, Jim, to see what's going on. I'm talking to Reverend James Harden. He is the author of Ethic, Ethical uh, Theory and Pertinence Standards in Women's Reproductive Health. Um, and you, of course, you can get this. I'm sure you, if you go to, um, if you go to Amazon, you'll be able to pick it up as well as I'm, I'm sure ChristianBooks.com also has it. I, I would be surprised if they don't, but, but I'm sure they do. Um, but we, we will, we'll put up all the d- different places where you you can purchase his book there because we we need to get folks we've got to get educated we've got to come back with the apologetics against against these this sort of sort of rampant rampant lying that's going on around us and it is destroying our children our families everything we need to understand what is going on here you say as well you, you write that medic, uh, medicine mirrors society's belief about the ultimate nature of humanity what how have these beliefs changed in the recent decades Medicine is a kind of downstream in terms of culture. Medicine doesn't lead culture. Medicine lags behind and so reflects uh, culture's view of humanity. And so, you know, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a doctor? Let's just say that you had two doctors. And they both had the exact same credentials. They both graduated from Harvard Medical School. They both had the same uh, credentials when it comes to, uh, you know, years in practice and, you know, uh, record, etc. And one of them believes that we're made just a little lower than God as human beings. And the other one believes that, oh, we're just an accident made. We're not even made. We're just an accident. And we're just made. We're just a little higher than the animal, animals, but only insofar as our uh, is likely to, to treat you with greater respect and dignity. I think the first one. And so, uh, but, the, but, but what we found is that as society has drifted away from our belief that we're made in the image of God and endowed by our creator, that this medicine has begun to take more of a, a patriarchal, a paternalistic, I should say, a paternalistic view of interacting with people. Just do what we tell you to do. We yeah. have a, we have an objective. We have a population objective. You're not meeting that objective. And we're going to, we're going to require of you uh, to perform, to, to, to engage a certain medical procedure that perhaps you don't want, which, which, which contravenes you, it's, it's a violation of one's autonomy. It's a violation mm-hmm. of, it's, it's, as human beings made in the image of God, we are inviolable, not to be violated. It is, it is, and so, you know, you, you look at how, for example, uh, the population was treated by the government and by the medical community when it came to COVID. 
perfect example of how the government and how medicine is, is, is arrogantly uh, engaging uh, and, and condescending in uh, ways to the, to the population. You need to get this vaccine no matter what you believe. Um, and, 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 and if you don't, then your, your livelihood is going to be at risk. Your reputation is going to be at risk. You're going to lose your job. Uh, th- this is a, a, a massive violation in, um, in certainly informed consent, but also pay, also autonomy. I, autonomy. I have the right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have exactly. the right to myself. Yeah, yeah. and then they're and they're robbing us of that right. Uh, that's exactly what's happening in the abortion industry. But they're turning that head and they're calling it reproductive rights. It's not. It's the total opposite. And so if 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 the, if the progressive left is, is using moral terminology, you can bet your bottom dollar they mean the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've gone forward and we've seen that um, we've watched medicine take over almost like a godlike status in our, in our, certainly in our Western world, um, we've seen this. But we've also seen that as this, as this sort of science thing has come forward, and, and we've got to do whatever the scientists tell us to do, and that they, you know, the scientists settled, and all of this nonsense that's going on around us right now. Um, their medical ethics. As this has happened, I feel, and I, I, I know you address this in your book, that the, the, the basic principles of medical ethics seems to have gone, changed completely. I don't know that they've gone out the window, but they've changed. They have changed. I, I look at medical ethics, and they're, they're not even teaching medical ethics in, in medical schools now. You could probably get it as a, you know, an elective, but it's not required. Um, you know, Edmund Pellegrino lamented the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, medical students are, they come in uncatechized, he said, untaught in the ways of what it means to be human. And so he required his medical students to read, you know, um, you know, books, novels about, you know, here, here's, here's how the world looks if, uh, you know, if, if, if we're embracing a certain uh, perspective on a moral framework, uh, here's how it plays out, you know, like Atlas Shrugs, say, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you're right. Uh, the, the, the moral kind of drumbeat, as, as I say, um, now is, uh, if you can do it, why not? Uh, that they're really, you know, I, and I, I'm going to say something here. What I'm about to say might sound crass, but it really, if you, it, it's a quote that was given to me by Edmund Pellegrino. And I, when I asked him about, um, you know, fighting with me, those are his words too, fight with me about, about the book. And he said, he'd be happy, happy to, if I came back and, and to his office, he said this, uh, bioethics, Jim, bioethics is a bastard. Now, he didn't mean that in any, any way to, to sound, you know, uh, you know, crude or crass. Mm-hmm. He meant those words as he said them, meaning bioethics has no basis anymore in our culture because we don't believe the same things. There is no common understanding of truth. There is nothing that we can go back to uh, at the foundation, at the heart, at the root and say, this is what we all agree on. There isn't anything like that. And so you've got people that, that are trying to engage medical technologies or technologies to engage the medical field. Um, and, and we're circumventing, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, what should, should, should we do this? Yeah. The question, should yeah. we do this? Ought we to do this? Maybe we shouldn't do it. As a Christian, there are certain things in the medical profession that we know we just can't do. Yep. You know, we should, we, we should, we should not do this thing. We, we, we can go this far and no further. And that comes down to euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide, abortion, certain types of IVF, etc. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't we shouldn't use technology in these ways because it damages human relationships and it damages human beings. So, and there, thereby, 
it undermines the public's trust and faith in the medical community at large. And that's what we're seeing right now. People don't trust the medical community uh, because they have, in fact, stepped away from medical ethics. They violated uh, it in, in so many ways. They have violated it. I mean, I, I, I think of as well, you, 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 you gave a couple of examples. I mean, we see now with this whole transgenderism. Honestly, yes. Jim, what doctor would actually do mutilation on, on young people? <laughs> it Seriously, is it is mutilation, and you know, I, I and I've said this. I've said, I've been saying this for years about abortion. Abortion represents the healthy functioning of a woman's reproductive system, and is it? it, it, it you know, you're destroying not just the woman's reproductive system and, and its healthy pr- progression, but you're destroying a human being. It's mutilation at best, okay, murder at at worst, and and so you've got the same thing with transgender. Yeah, uh, you know, for for physicians to mutilate the healthy functioning of a human body just because somebody wants them to or a parent thinks that their 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 10-year-old uh, believes this about themselves is is a, a violation of medical ethics for sure uh, but it's but I think it's I think it's worthy of jail time absolutely These people are, are absolutely destroying yeah. other human beings under the under the guise of of medical care yeah Yep. Absolutely. You know, I, I came, I, I, when I was growing up, there was the sort of very much the aftermath of the Second World War and all the Nazi, you know, gobbledygook and, and, and absolutely horrendous Frankenstein stuff that was going on. And I remember mm. as a child, you know, being absolutely horrified that there were people that were doing this in the medical field. Well, I think what we're, what we're seeing right now is even worse. I think it's just, it's, it's horrific. Absolutely horrific. We, we just recently had, uh, Chloe Cole, um, here in Ohio. At, at a prayer rally that we did um, uh, probably a couple of weeks back, and um, you know, honestly, listening to this this young woman who was mutilated, who has been scarred for the rest of her life by yes. the medical profession, yes. unbelievable. It Absolutely. is unbelievable. And I, and I look at Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is engaging this kind of behavior with chemical abortion, with surgical abortion, and now with this transgender business um and and what it represents it, you, you talk about uh, you know the end of you know world war ii and and human rights violations and crimes against humanity with respect to nazi doctors in particular uh the reason why the nuremberg trials happened was to keep uh these kinds of crimes against humanity from ever happening again and in the third provision of the nuremberg code which was a code designed specifically to keep the medical profession from engaging in unethical activity uh, when it comes to human subjects testing, the third provision of the Nuremberg Code says you've got to have, uh, you know, animal subjects testing before you go to human trials. Well, surgical abortion, chemical abortion, and transgender uh, surgeries and and hormone treatments have, are, are all a violation of the third Nuremberg uh, provision. Wow! Think wow. about that. Wow! We're talking about mass scale human subjects testing regarding and and in the abortion industry. Is, is leading the charge on it. And I look at Planned Parenthood and the fact that they're getting almost three quarters of a billion dollars from the federal government every single year. I think this is a de facto, you know, uh, you know, department of the government. Yeah. The Biden administration is supporting it wholeheartedly and, and they're engaging in population control behavior, specifically with uh, now, with not, not just with mifepristone, chemical abortion drug, but also now with over the counter sale of, 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 of of contraception, hormonal contraception to, to, you know, yeah, potentially, absolutely. you know, 14 year old girls. Yeah. This is, 
deadly stuff, not just to women uh, and, and girls, but also to our population mm-hmm. and the way in which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we can have families in the future. Mm-hmm. I do want to get in before we before we end the, the, the thing, and I've got about five minutes left, which is perfectly fine. I think we've got lots of time to talk about it. But I want to talk with you, to uh, ask you to to share a little bit about what you put in the book about the the, the, the conflict that happens between medical advertising and, and medical ethics, because we have seen this. We, COVID was a great example. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So medical advertising is, is, is we should, we should embark on medical advertising with very carefully because, um, you know, profiteering off of a person's condition, um, begins to treat medicine and the, and the, and the doctor patient relationship as a consumer interaction. And, and that's a, that's a big mistake. Um, as soon as we, you know, we start to, to, to treat medicine like a vending machine, um, you, you know, the, the, the idea of the, of the doctor, um, doing no harm or, 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 or thinking about, uh, doing only that which is good for the patient becomes clouded. You know, so now you're trying to sell a product to a, to a patient, uh, or to a prospective patient without the context of the patient's good in mind, um, in order to make a dollar. Uh, this, this began happening back in the 19, I want to say 1960s and 70s with the, as, as, as specialties, medical specialties began to come to the fore. And that's when medical clinics, uh, began to, to come out. You know, your heart clinics, um, you know, knee clinics. Um, these were specialties that were, that the, the, the hospital systems were using to buttress their, their flagging income as the third party payer system began to take, you know, come into, to, to come into four. Hospitals needed to stay afloat. So they engaged these clinics and, uh, and, and, and began to scrape, you know, these high, you know, high income specialties and, and begin to, you know, to make some money off them. And so they began to push for the particular sale of procedures or, or pharmaceuticals in order to buttress, uh, you know, their, their revenues. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big, big, ethical dilemma there because now you're not you're not looking out for the best interest of the patient and what the patient needs more than you're looking out for the for the uh, to sustain the bureaucracy or the medical system medical systems can be can be dangerous and deadly even to an ethical engagement with a patient uh, and so uh, that, that's what we're seeing happen with the abortion industry they're selling abortion it's a billion dollar abortion complex that gets politicians reelected very dangerous very upsetting and it, and it, and it does it does not look out for the best interests of, of, of women but uh, but but for the pocketbook of, of the abortion industry. of the abortion industry absolutely and you know and and you know the whole legislation thing with with regards to this whole you know I, and I, I see this happening on both sides you know you we get the, the pro-life movement gets promised things and then that doesn't happen and so there's something else is promised and and there's a constant compromise going on between what what we can and can't get hold of and what we can legislate and what so it it becomes an absolute mess, you know, the more we do this. How, what can ordinary non-medical people do to speak up for the unborn in today's climate? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing that, that ordinary people can do is talk about to their friends, their family, uh, their pastor, their church, uh, what it means to be human. Yep. You know, we all have an authority. And I, my authority is, is, is God and specifically manifested in the word of God. And so it is not my own head. What, what that means is I've got the benefit of saying human beings are made of the image of God. And therefore, right. yep. therefore, preeminently valuable. There's two sacred things in this world, God and people. 
in all their forms and at all stages of maturity, preborn and born. And so that gives me the ability to stand on principle and say, look, everybody, everybody needs to be protected without qualification, no matter where they are in their development. But they're all, all fully, fully human. Absolutely. And so talk about that. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And, and talk about it you know, far and wide because that will change can. the culture yeah, as much absolutely. as you can. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. God, Jesus says that so many times. The whole Bible is full of do not be afraid. Reverend Jim Harden, thank you so much. I will put all of the information about your book up on our website and God bless you for all you're doing. God bless thank you. Thank you, Malik. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say goodnight and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry, built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save. 866-977-5821. That's 866-977-5821. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.